This is the Rob and Kelly Show. Yeah. This is the Rob and Kelly Show. Welcome to the Rob and Kelly Show. My name wow. is Rob K. That was pretty impressive, wasn't it? That was very old school. I, I think I think Mr. Sinatra would be very proud of me. Yeah, it was. Some, I think he would be too. I think either that or he's rolling in his grave right now. Yeah, nah. I think he's he's probably like, good job. Okay, that was amazing. <laughs> or not. Anyway, so my name is Rob K. I'm a life coach in New York and. Welcome to the Rob and Callie Show. How are you doing, Callie? Hello, Robbie. I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I am so awesome. How are you? Tell me how you're doing. You're always asking how I am. How are you? He's looking at me very intently as he asks that question. I'm good. I'm trying to stay cool. It's such a cliche answer, but it is hot as God knows what outside. Yeah. And um, yeah, feeling good. Excited to be here with you. I always like... Doing our little rap sessions, hoping that we're not the only ones that get turned on by them. Hopefully, they you know they inspire other people as well. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So maybe my nah, it's really just for us. <laughs> <laughs> maybe my expectations are a little high. Um, well, actually, so speaking of this, I don't know if I mentioned this to you. Um, speaking of career paths and doing things for yourself. Um, before I was going to jump into the topic that I think we can start with today. Mm -hmm. Um, it's all related. I was watching, um, when the morning shows today and they were featuring two women, two, you know, middle-aged, lovely women that, um, are family lady, married with children and also running very successful, thriving online businesses from their homes. Mm -hmm. And they were great stories. But the thing, the real takeaway for me is at the end when, um, they were talking about how they could have never predicted the success. It's that standard cliche answer, cliche answer where one of them just said, just do what naturally comes out of you. Right. Do the thing that naturally comes out of you. Sit down, make a list. You know, a lot of people are plotting and thinking and trying and figuring out. I have no idea what that means. I've never done that before in my life. Overthinking. Um, but it led me to think about a conversation that I had the other day. It was actually prompted by a friend and a neighbor of mine who called to talk about, her reaction to listening to our initial episodes. Right. And she was very lovely to take the time and extremely thoughtful and insightful and complimentary mm-hmm. and gave us some nice feedback. But what it really launched was a conversation about purpose mm-hmm. and just what life's purpose is. This woman, my neighbor, Marie, who I Wait, adore. Wait, does she know our life's purpose. Has <laughs> she figured it out for all of us? That would be so This would nice. be the most priceless <laughs> podcast ever. Did you hear that podcast where they talk about the meaning of life and our life's purpose? I know we have everyone's answer. It's no. so cool. Right. We're going to wait till the end now. Okay. So everybody has to do It's what we call a deep tease. Like every, you need to, you got to listen now to whatever baloney we spew out and banter about for the next 30 minutes. That's so you right. Can get They're there. like, where's the fast forward on this? <laughs> exactly. Um, but she, she's special in and of herself. She's a really special firecracker of a woman, somebody that I highly admire. She's in her late seventies. She's got the spirit of a, you know, sophisticated, um, youth, you know, like a, mm-hmm. somebody who's considerably younger um, she's a teacher in a graduate program here in New York City. She's just someone who really makes the most out of her life, um, travels, and, uh, tutors, PhD dissertation students around the world just out of the goodness of her heart. She's single and doesn't have children, so she's created 
this tribal family. She's very special. Mm-hmm. The conversation that we had, which is what I wanted to bring to you today, is about purpose and mm-hmm. just how essential it is that we find our life's purpose. For most of my life, I've been very obsessed with this topic, probably too much, probably to, to my demise, where I've overthought and wondered why I'm here and gotten mm-hmm. very existentially mired in you know, the, the, the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I haven't completely rid myself of that obsession, mm-hmm. but I've definitely lightened up about it. And one of the things that she said that I thought was so beautiful was that it's really all of our responsibilities mm-hmm. to ourselves, to our creator, and to the rest of the people on the planet to figure out what that is because that's our magic. That's our one gift that we can offer right. to everybody. And so I just thought that was such a beautiful way to look at it, that it's not necessarily solely this selfish pursuit so that you feel good at the end of your life, that you did something meaningful and that you have a legacy, right. but that you also touched other people because we're all here to, as the kids say nowadays, do me, right? Just mm-hmm. be the most me that I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's your purpose? What's the meaning of life? So here it is. Everybody, are you ready? I'm sitting down. <laughs> the meaning of life is, wait, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> hold that, hold that thought. I'll be right back. No. So for me, it's been interesting because ever since I was 17, people have been commenting on my voice. My voice went from this, you know, where I'd answer the phone. Everyone thought it was my mom. So when I was 17, I was very late in puberty. I was like the very last kid in my class to go into puberty. And when my voice changed, it went from this to this. It was like overnight, really one day. And so Ever since my voice changed, people have been commenting on my voice, and I've gotten many compliments over the years I'm very grateful about, and I have a feeling that one of the things that I can do to be of service and have purpose is to use my voice, and that means literally and figuratively, you know, whether it's just sharing my thoughts or feelings about something and trying to hopefully inspire people with it. So. For me, in a way, it's been kind of easy. I think the form for me to use that or the place for me to use that has been challenging for a long time. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'll be a voiceover actor. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to put together a voiceover career for a while. And sometimes having success, a lot of the times not. You know, having to work in catering, do other jobs, and just to pay the rent and keep things going. And being confused. Well, everyone comments on my voice and... They say, you know, when I did my voiceover demo, the guy who did it said I was going to do really well in that business, and it was a lot more challenging than I thought. And I was very surprised about that not necessarily being my purpose. And I think it was a big step for me to come full circle back to doing a podcast or radio, because I did radio in college, and it's one of the things I loved about college was being in that studio, getting on the air. I felt like I was a kid in his basement playing records, which I kind of was. And it was just awesome to try and use my voice and my personality that way. So for me, it's really come full circle back to, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to be in front of a microphone and I want to use my voice and kind of all my experience to sort of help people and be of service in that way. I still, I know what I think my purpose is. I still don't have one neat little way to articulate it. I also realize, the closer I hope and think I'm getting to it, 
that so much of it showing itself has really been when I'm not thinking about it. It's the dynamics. It's what I, it's the exchanges I have with people. It's mm-hmm. what I do when I'm bringing out someone's story, when I'm interviewing somebody, when I'm drawing out some, you know, intimate truths from a stranger that I encounter while I'm traveling. It's to have those magical exchanges. You know, mm-hmm. I, I find it in my photography. It has to do, well, it's not even, this isn't even so much about me talking about my, you know, what's, what's, so, what's so special about us, but I'm fascinated by the process of it. Mm-hmm. And I've realized like for me, and I do think maybe this is a little bit of a generational thing. Um, you know, my parents are technically depression era parents based on when they grew up and what their influence was. <clears throat> and though, um, and I've thanked my dad for this many times before, you know, um, he grew up in Philip Roth in Weequick, New Jersey, which is a very um, specific, iconic neighborhood in Newark, New Jersey, which I was just talking to him about the other day, is spectacular and that these men that are in their mid-80s are still bumping into people that they knew from playing basketball on, mm-hmm. you know, at five years old in the playground. Cool. Um, in all places all over New Jersey. This mm-hmm. is where Philip Roth, a very famous writer, uh, um, grew up and wrote about this whole, um, culture of people, mm-hmm. but it's also the second generation of Jewish immigrants that came over. And the first generation that quote unquote did better fi- um, financially and professionally than their parents did. Mm-hmm. So they didn't think about things like finding their bliss or what their purpose is. And it's still a conversation that I think my dad, you know, my, when, when we talk about this, it always, the practicality aspect always sneaks in. So that was very much my influence. Mm-hmm. And so young, when I was younger, as much as I was, and my mom, who's an artist and a free spirit and a very, um, you know, has a lot of uh, creative layers and is also a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it was ever intentionally quashed, but I just didn't grow up just knowing that I should pursue what I love. There was always the, yeah, but the, yeah, but the, yeah, but you Mm got to pay the rent. You got to move out of the house. You got to meet your own financial needs. And somehow I learned that that was at the exclusion of just simply finding what my bliss was. So I was always kind of operating on two different tracks, kind of half-ass following my bliss, but Oh man, I still bliss and paying the bills have to be mutually exclusive of each other. Yeah. I'm now learning, based on the sort of forced transition I've had after having lost my job a year ago, that if I give myself permission to just do things that feel good, it is amazing what's showing up, and it's amazing how good it feels. I look at the millennial generation. Again, I'm generalizing. There's plenty of exceptions in all different directions, but Mm -hmm. there's just, for a million reasons, based on just the economic world that they've entered and the fact that there's so much fallout from the job market, that they've... And, and the advent of the technological age more than when we were growing up, mm. they can make their own rules. And I know so many of them that are just doing what feels good yeah. and there's no blocks about it. Mm-hmm. They don't get in their own way and their parents who are our age, maybe a tad older, um, are supporting it. And so I guess this is a long winded way of saying that it's a really miraculous thing when you can give yourself permission to figure out why you're here on this planet. Because I do believe each of us has a very unique reason to be here Yeah, that no one else can duplicate. Yeah. That's not to be compared even if, and that there's plenty of room for all of us to be doing whatever it is we're meant to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think it really goes to what you're saying about when you find your purpose, it makes you happy. There's something about that. And I don't know if that has to be exclusive from making a living or being able to pay the bills. Um, I think it can be challenging traveling that path to eventually get there. And it's the kind of thing where I think it takes courage. And at the same time, we have to be responsible. And so, yeah, it's a fine balance. But I think that generationally, every generation gets more evolved naturally. And so it seems like every generation sort of figures out something. The last one doesn't has sort of this big epiphany. Oh, I can do this and still do this and just put more color into it rather than things being so black and white. Right. And it's like this new millennial generation. I mean, sometimes it's just inspiring to see how confident they are. Every generation keeps growing and changing and learning from the last one. And that's part of life. And I just, you know, I really, so I have thanked my father for that for um, many times over the years. He said to me once many years ago, there's a little bit of a zing. He didn't mean it that way, but he said, Cal, when I, when I die, I want to come back as you. And I thought, what in the world does that mean? But what it really meant is, is that I um, have the, thanks, thanks to his hard work and the way, you know, we were brought up with just very, you know, just a really devoted, hardworking family man as a father and my mother also is extremely hardworking and um and self-employed for most of her adult life as well mm-hmm. but the bliss part and the purpose part was not a part of the conversation right. and so i've had the benefit of being able to not come from a place where i had to worry about being fed every night the way they did when they grew up mm-hmm. and so i feel like that's a responsibility that i take very much to heart like i said probably too much over the years mm-hmm. where I've spent so much time banging my head against the wall that I think I've paralyzed myself from living certain days mm-hmm. where I, because I've been overthinking how I should be living it and didn't just jump in the water and start, you know, experiencing the flow. Yeah. Um, but you know, it reminds me of a conversation I had with another very close friend of mine a few months ago when I was, it was a, it was, a, it was probably about Eight, eight, nine months ago, I was still in a very, very painful place with my layoff, mm-hmm. feeling very, very lost about what I was going to do, feeling a lot of pressure to figure it out. And we were talking about an extracurricular video interviewing project that I had in my head. And she looked me right in the eye and she said, you know, I will be very pissed at you if you don't do this or something to this effect, because it's selfish if you don't, mm-hmm. because you're depriving me and everyone else of what you do well. And it was such a beautiful example of tough love. Yeah. It was said so graciously and it really touched me. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm working on. Obviously made an effect on you as well. It did. It made yeah. a really deep effect on me. Yeah. I was thinking also about the fact that um, when we find our purpose, it's usually something we're good at. And the other part of my purpose, I think, is to coach people. Mm-hmm. I've been coaching people since I was a kid. I mean... I remember kids at camp coming up to me and telling me their problems with their relationships. Girls liked the boy and he didn't like her or she didn't know how to talk to him and I coach her or I coach him. And it's like, I was like this little guidance counselor in the middle of camp, you know, (laughs) and I kind of liked it, you know, and it it was sort of something that came very easy to me. And I've always really liked people. There are days where I don't, but (laughs) that's a good start that you you like people. Yeah, Usually I really like being in the human race. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I really enjoy helping people, especially get to a place where they can be happier. And especially if they're having challenges in relationships to 
try and help people work out whatever problems they have and get closer. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's the other thing that, you know, I enjoy it. And when you enjoy something, I think there's something about that. Um, and when you're good at it, there's something about that where it means that, yeah, maybe you're supposed to be doing that as much as maybe society is telling you you shouldn't, or people have told you you shouldn't. Maybe your heart is saying, no, take a chance, try it, do it, see what happens. I just wonder if, feel like um, there might have been a time, you know, also as a photographer, hobbyist, I went through a phase where I was writing my big existential questions because I have listened, as an interviewer mm-hmm. uh, for my entire life, even when I was annoying my parents when I was five years old, asking too many questions, I went through a phase with my photography where I was putting some of my very, what I thought, or I think are still very, very deep existential questions on the, uh, the margins and sort of merging them with the, uh, visual images. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one, this is now going back about 15 years. And I wrote something like, is it possible that to have a deep yearning for something could be in vain? Like mm-hmm. if there, you and I had this conversation a long time ago too, mm-hmm. is it possible that you could have such a deep desire to do something, to experience something and it be for not, and it, and it be not meant to happen, mm. you know, is that possible? Mm-hmm. Um, I now don't believe it is. I do believe that it's, if it's deep enough in your core, that it's something that you need to listen to. Yeah. I do believe that that's your purpose. I was reading though, um, conversely the other day in a, probably like a law of attraction book that I was refreshing, <laughs> trying to, trying to up the, up the up. quantum physics right. last week. And there was a really nice distinction that was made between yearning and desire or craving and desire. Desire is a soft feeling that you have that, oh, it would be really nice if such and such happened or if I took this part of my art or my magic or my desire to achieve something and just sprinkling you know, it lightly put it out to the universe mm-hmm. versus coming from a negative place of, oh, this is just so painful and I can't believe this hasn't happened yet and I'm really attached to the outcome of this. That's like a yearning or craving that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So there was an interesting, does that make sense? Yeah. It was a really interesting distinction. And, um, it was just a really nice thing to be reminded of, but I do believe that if we have desires, mm-hmm. creative desires, business desires, relationship desires, that they really are meant to be, yeah. to manifest into what our purpose looks like. I really believe that. Well, I think that's how we're made. It's like, you know, I think the universe has given us these desires for a reason and it's our job to sort of try and do whatever we can to manifest them, see what obstacles we have to manifesting them. I know I have my own obstacles to manifesting even this show. It's sort of like, you know, doing the clearing of the past so we could find a way to start recording and saying out of the world and just doing it. So yeah, I think that's part of the work we do, but also that it, it's sort of, um, it's the kind of thing where I think that's part of when you're a person who, I mean, we're all evolving. Some of us quicker than others. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that's part of the evolution is as you go along, you learn new things and you learn that, oh, I'm the one who's getting in my way about that. Or, oh, I could do this easier. Or maybe that doesn't have to be so hard. That was a big one for me in life. To realize, oh, life doesn't have to be so hard. Yes. It doesn't have to be that difficult. It can be a lot easier. And then learning the shorthand of that and then being able to pass that on. You want to talk about purpose. 
How about being able to teach somebody or help them learn how to avoid, which I think as you get older, you do that with the people, you know, you pass it on to the people behind you. You're like, oh, by the way, avoid that. You don't have to do this. Oh, and try that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now I have goosebumps as I'm listening to you talk because I was just going to say the same thing. I've marveled at what in the world I've done to make it so hard for myself. Yeah. You know, we could go into some very deep psychological boring psychobabble about that but the idea of and and not even being aware as someone who you know at least on Mondays Wednesdays and Fridays would like to think I'm semi-aware a few hours of the day oh that's interesting because me it's Tuesdays Thursdays (laughs) and Saturdays Sundays I take the day off I just don't think at all (laughs) I just watch football or a Met game or something that's it (laughs) that can be very enlightening very enlightened (laughs) actually baseball is very spiritual (laughs) Um, okay. I'd like to hear more about that point. Yeah. So now I completely lost my train of thought. I, um, yeah, I've been thinking like, what in the world, why has it taken, um, a, uh, a job being dissolved and sort of having this forced transition for me for this last year? Right. Why has it taken that and that pain and those highs and lows, which have been very hard, to get to a place where I'm having so much fun and so many amazing things are showing up. It's, 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 again, it's like such a cliche. Yeah. And you think that, you know, especially if you are on a spiritual path or working on that part of your evolution, reading books and talking to people and having teachers and mm-hmm. experiencing that, you'd think I would have figured a little bit of that out by now. But I'm looking back even very recently in the last few months when I still wasn't having as much fun as I have now in the last month or two between doing this and um, some really great clients that are now coming as I form my own business. Right. And I just, I'm a little um, disappointed and sad that I'm that girl. I'm that chick who allowed things to be so uh, just difficult and sort of um, that I got so distracted from my own focus that there were so many other influences that were really allowing me to get my own way. I don't, you know, I'm really not happy that I'm that person right. or was that person. I can understand that. And I, I identify with that. I feel the same way about myself, like bad decisions I've made in the past or situations I got myself into or people I had relationships with or friendships with. Then again, it kind of, not to sound too cliche, <laughs> but it made me who I am where I have yeah. that life experience to offer now totally. and say, you know what? I tried this. It was a really bad decision. I got really hurt, really threw me back for a while. And I had to sort of take a while to grow from it, learn from it and be able to talk about it, you know, whatever it may be or, or make use of it in some way. Um, and then the other thing is sometimes I, when I really want to like, you know, get myself off the hook or stop beating myself up about something, I'm like, some people die and never learn these lessons. Right. They're just so unconscious. They're going through their life oblivious to anything that they're doing or saying. And they're content with that. They don't want to learn anything. And they don't maybe experience as much fulfillment from the fact that they learn something and grow from it and then can offer it to other people. So I think, again, like I said before, everyone's on their own evolutionary path. And the thing is for me to sort of try and enjoy my path as much as possible. We all signed up for the story that we're living out in this lifetime, I believe, you know. But I am fascinated by getting back to the idea of purpose. Get, um, I'm fascinated by 
people that find their way to themselves really early on. Yeah. You know, uh, a kid who's just a prodigy piano player or artist or entrepreneur at the age of 16 mm-hmm. or humanitarian. I'm just, I'm fascinated by those people where they're, and then, or they wake up one day, oh, I just fell into it. I never expected to be a da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Because they weren't spending too much time thinking about it. They were spending way more time being yeah. than thinking. Mm-hmm. You know? This mind gets, I think, gets can get in the way. How's that for I, understatement? Yeah, I didn't hear what you just said. I was too busy thinking about something. What'd you say? <laughs> Were you just talking about something? It looked interesting. My mind was just going about something else. So I just went silent. Yeah. Head. Um, yeah. No. I mean, some of those people. I'm amazed at child prodigies or people who find their purpose so early in life. And I think the challenge for me is not to compare and despair. Be like, yeah, I've had my own time frame, you know? And for me, I've said it before, I've been a late bloomer in life in general. And late bloomers bloom large. I think it takes us a little bit longer, but it's worth it. And then when we do bloom, you know, it's amazing. It just takes, it takes some time. (laughs) And the other thing is, you know, to try and not compare myself to my peers or people in my peer group or what's going on with them. Because... Even if they thought they knew their purpose early in life, whether it was to get married or get that insurance job or work on Wall Street or whatever it was, you know, get the sort of white picket fence, you know, two cars in the garage and everything, maybe that changed for them. They ended up getting a divorce or realizing they married the wrong person and it didn't turn out the way they thought or they didn't like that job. And now they've gone from working on Wall Street to being a barista at Starbucks or some other place because they're trying to figure out their purpose. So I don't think it it's like a cookie cutter way. For some people it is. I don't necessarily relate to those people a lot sometimes <laughs> because my life has been so much more varied with yeah. so many more colors, yeah. you know? Yeah, I know. I, I kind of understand what you mean just a little bit. But that's also where you get caught up in the shoulds, which is another you know big facet of this conversation is there's a lot of people out there whose quote-unquote purpose, maybe the disingenuous version, was dictated by their parents. Yeah. You know? You need to become a doctor and a lawyer. Oh, here comes my long accent, some fake accent. Um, you know, you need to assume the family business. I mean, those are people you need to be married. There's a checklist that's been laid out before you that you need to accomplish by this age, this age, and that creates a whole other set of angst. Um, so I guess we all have our, our different, you know, pains with all this. But yeah, then they're the people that really have to start over again when they find out that they're quite disillusioned by having followed that or conversely, I know people that are allowing themselves to stay locked in those situations because they don't have the wherewithal or the cojones to break out of it, you know, and that's not me. I I shouldn't say that. So it sounds judgmental um, or critical. You know, it's, it's in deference to kids being involved or finances or all kinds of reasons that, you know, everybody can't really judge other people's stories, but it does make me sad that so many of us get locked into shoulds. Yeah. Shoulds are so dangerous. Yeah. It's almost like guilt. Like guilt really has no positive value. It's sort of just a useless emotion in a way. It's Mm -hmm. just a way of beating ourselves up. And I think that sort of ties into, to, um, ties into what you were just talking about, how it's like you're shooting all over yourself, you know, or whatever. (laughs) It's like, you know, shooting doesn't really help. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know. And we all do it. I think it's just part of human nature. I was thinking, though, about a client I have who is 
thinking about ending a marriage and it's almost like she's not rudderless, but she needs to find herself again. And so she even said to me, she needs to be with herself for a while. Mm. And I think that's part of finding our purpose, not distracting ourselves sometimes with other people, places and things, and maybe just sitting still and incorporating meditation and prayer and writing and classes and yoga and gym and watching a ball game once in a while and, you know, just doing different things to sort of like center ourselves so we can hear that intuition sort of guide us to what our, our, what our new purpose may be. You know, maybe our, our, we found a purpose and that's our old purpose. Now we have a new purpose that we're going towards and we're going to start experiencing, you know. I don't think we can ever, as much as um, there's always a part of me when we're having our conversations that's trying to stay away from topics that we've done already, which is going to get... Oh, yeah, totally. As we become like, wildly we, popular... Wait, do we already talk about this? But the one thing I don't think we can ever overstate is the power of getting quiet and the power of meditation that I think really... Um, pervades every single topic we have and we'll talk about. Yeah. Right? You can I, I don't think you can do that enough to get to your truth or your resolve or your happiness. I just think it's so essential to yeah. be able to quiet your mind and hear your inner voice and just make space. You know, I think that takes you everywhere you want to go. I also just need to backtrack. I um as two Jews sitting here with the word guilt, like I really have no idea. I have no resonance with that whatsoever. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw it out there. I was hoping you'd kind of understand. After the show, I'll explain it to you. <laughs> okay, thank you. So with that, this is the completion of our episode seven. Thank you guys for joining us. My name is Callie Alpert. If you want to learn more about me, please check out my website at callialpert.com. And if you're interested in getting a life coaching session with me or checking out my life coaching album, You Are the Hero Coaching Affirmations, you can go to robk.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.